We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's June 6th, it's 2023. We have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined by my buddy, Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much, just uh, sweating a little baseball here this evening. Um, had had plenty of NOLA and I was way over the field on Abbott, so did did well with pitching. I've got some Houston stacks too, and some some Philly stacks, but just not quite the right combinations of hitters with those two pitchers, which is kind of what you need tonight. So, got some decent teams, but don't think we'll be taking anything down. We'll see if we can get it done on, on this big Tuesday slate. I'll be happy with a couple of min caches, and like for, <laughs> that's someone that was overweight on Abbott, Nola, and Houston. Um, just not the right plays. It happens, right? Like sometimes you're you're on the right stuff. And you just miss one or two pieces of that like team. And today it was just the cheap outfielders for me with Abbott. Um, with his price, it was really easy to fit in the expensive Houston bats um, yep. with Nola. And I mean, had Abbott not been on the slate, maybe you get on the, a couple of those cheap Houston bats and it's a completely different slate for you. But hey, you know what? It's baseball. The variance is always high. Um, I feel good. Like when your process is good and like you're on the right stuff, you always feel good, even when you um, have a bad slate. So excited for this 12 game Tuesday slate. Um, I, I said it yesterday on the podcast. I said we're going to have a week and I feel it. Um, the momentum is there. So I feel like we're going to have a good week. So let's keep it rolling. We're going to jump right in. We got 12 games. What's up, YouTube? Hope everyone's having a fantastic Monday night over there on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe. Hit it. Hit the little button. Help us out. Tell all your friends. Tell your family. Your mom wants to listen to the podcast. Maybe <laughs> even your dad. Help us out. All right. White Sox, Yankees, eight and a half total. Yankees, a 178 favorite. Giolito against Schmidt on today's slate. Uh, any interest here in Lucas Giolito? Tough spot for Giolito. Yankees are getting healthier. Uh, he's a fly ball pitcher. And going into Yankee Stadium, that, that doesn't work out very well often. Um, he's been okay this year. I, I just, I really worry about the home runs for him in this spot. 8,900 is a fair price. There is some strikeout upside, but with the Yankees being a little bit healthier, 
and lots of pitching to, to spend up for on the slate, I probably pass on Giolito. Yeah, we're going to see his strikeout number come up a little bit. He's sitting around 24%. He's a 12.3% swinging strike rate guy. I think he gets closer to like the 25, 25.5%. Um, don't know if this is necessarily the spot. Like you said, his biggest thing is home runs. His walks have been better this year. I mean, slightly better. It's still not perfect, but um, he's a, he's a above average pitcher. It's just a tough matchup. You know, he'll have those games where he goes out and he looks like the best pitcher in baseball. Um, but I don't think today is the day that I want to play a lot of Lucas Giolito, if any Lucas Giolito. 12-game slate, we have pitching. We can be somewhat picky today. I don't know if Giolito makes the cut for me. Going to the other side, Clark Schmidt. Um, I mean, the White Sox just continue to be a team that underperforms um, right now. And we've seen them just kind of keep dropping, dropping, dropping down the list. And, like, they're 26 in WRC+. Plus against right-handed pitching, 23% Ks. Their ISO number is like 140. Um, Schmidt has a big curveball. That's where he kind of, you know, generates his swinging strikes. He has a 26% K rate on the season. His swinging strike rate's 11%, so I think we're going to see some negative regression in that strikeout number for him. Um, doesn't typically – we don't typically see like a 26% K rate with 11% swinging strike rate. He's run really good on the Babbitt side of things, 365 Babbitt this year. Um, or I guess he hasn't run good on the Babbitt side of things. What are your thoughts here on Clark Schmidt? Yeah, 7,900. I, I mean, it's a fair price for him, but on this slate, we actually have a, a couple of really interesting options right in the same price range. Um, I don't know. I think he comes with low ownership. I don't hate a tournament dart or two on him. I'm not going to have a ton of exposure. Um, I don't like that. The White Sox are not a, a matchup that scares me. Uh, just some of the other names right in the same price range. I think I go to those guys first. Um, if I have a, a chalky stack or something that I like and I need a pivot in that range, I, I'd be fine using Schmidt, but I'm not I'm not seeking him out. He is a guy that I think is in your player pool in your first type of build. And whether you want to limit your play pitchers or something, maybe he doesn't end up in like your final player pool for pitching. The White Sox have struggled big time. He is someone that's capable of five or six good quality innings. Um, he's not going to go out and throw like 110 pitches, which pretty much limits his ceiling to about 25-ish, 26-ish points. Um, but on this slate, like 7,900, 20-plus points, I don't think any of us would complain about that. So, again, I think it's one of those things where he's in my player pool. We'll see if he ends up. Um, his advanced numbers look really good. He's generating ground balls, um, not getting blown up. So I, I think he could pitch well here against a White, to a White Sox team that's struggling. Um, speaking of White Sox, let's talk about these bats. Any interest here in the White Sox? I don't think so. Um, like I, I think Schmidt's a, a decent enough pitcher. They're not going to make my list of teams I'm stacking today. Trying to find some home runs maybe. Uh, Eloy's price is coming up. A little bit finally, but he's still 4,500. Um, don't mind him as a power bat. I prefer lefties really against Schmidt. Um, Benintendi's cheap. They, they just don't have a lot of power from the left side. Gavin Sheets probably the best cheap lefty to go after, um, but probably not stacking them up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like Schmidt, he'll give up a home run or two from time to time, but he's not a guy that's like typically getting blown up. And honestly, his his home run number has come down here as he started to 
progress more into the season, get more comfortable on the hill and stuff. So, and the Yankees bullpen is just so good. Like it's such an underrated thing when you're talking about like hitting, they have been the best bullpen this season. So, I mean, Schmidt for five and the bullpen for four, uh, just doesn't sound very like appetizing on a 12 game slate for a team that's been struggling. So probably out on the white Sox today, as far as the Yankees go, I mean, home runs, like that's where I'm targeting. I don't, uh, you could fully, I think you could fully stack the Yankees if you wanted to. Um, but judge Stanton Rizzo, like these guys that have that Homer Torres, those are the guys that I'm targeting here. Giolito is a good pitcher, but he does give up home runs. Um, I could fully stack the Yankees, no doubt, um, especially in Yankee Stadium, but power is what I'm targeting. Yeah, same with me. I'm looking for power bats here. Um, Judge and Stanton, the top two. Rizzo is fine as well. His, his He's actually pretty cheap at, at 4K. Giolito does have those reverse splits, though, so I actually prefer the righties. Um Donaldson has been back in the lineup. He still has some power in there. It's been a, a slow start for him. He's getting up there in age, but 3,200 for a guy that has two home run upside. I I don't mind throwing him in a lineup. Kind of agree. Maybe not a full stack um, just because Giolito's control has been better, but certainly don't mind a three man trying to find a couple of home runs. Yeah. Um, judge banged up. We'll see if he's back oh, yeah, in the lineup. Yeah. yeah, he hit his toe or something going into the fence for that ball that he caught. So we'll see um, if he's back in or not. Because they were he didn't play Sunday. They were off Monday. He had test on Monday. So we'll see if he's back in the lineup. I think we either see him back in the lineup or potentially on the IL um, on Tuesday. So we'll have to kind of see. But if he's out, the stack becomes so much more playable price-wise. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy you think about that. But you were talking about Rizzo. He has some of the craziest home road splits this season. And I don't love home road splits for baseball, but when you're in Yankee Stadium and you're hitting, um, you have a 1,000 1, OPS and a 624 OPS on the road. <laughs> he is hitting the ball so much better at home uh, for what it's worth. So Arizona at Washington, nine and a half total in this game. The Diamondbacks are 140 favorites. Henry and Irvin facing off against each other. Uh, any interest here in Tommy Henry, who's coming off of a probably his best game? Um, I know it's definitely his best game this year. So, uh, any interest in Henry here against Washington? I just, I really worry about the upside in this spot. Um, he's 7K, so it's not like he's super cheap. Um, it's like strikeouts just are not there, I don't think, in this matchup. Washington is a very high-contact lineup. Uh, Henry's strikeout rate sitting at 15% on the season. Uh, less than 1,000 more, there's a lot more strikeout upside uh, in the salary when, when we're looking at pitchers by salary. So I'm, I'm probably out on Henry here. Not enough upside. Yeah, his advanced that Like, good for him having that game against Colorado and makes a ton of sense against Colorado if you think about it. Um, that lineup right now, just dealing with some injuries, but... Yeah, I mean, he's a 15% K rate guy and he gives up 45% fly balls. So I don't love it. His advanced stats, his Sierra is like 5-4 and his ERA is 3-7. So, I mean, there's some negative regression coming to some of these numbers. So I'm going to pass on Henry today. Washington better, way better against lefties than they are against righties. Uh, the other side of this game, Jake Irvin. I mean, just really hasn't shown much upside. Arizona is a good offense. Um, I think Jake Irvin is someone you can stay away from today. 
Yeah, he's just, he again, a guy that's not going to strike out a ton, and he's walking way too many is another thing. Arizona's been solid, like you mentioned, so I'm out on Irvin also. Yeah, I mean, the price tag's nice, uh, 5300 but we really just haven't seen much from him yet. It's not like he's a huge prospect or anything. His walks have been really high, around 14%, so low strikeouts, high walks. Recipe for a stack, you know, thinking about these Arizona bats on the road. We like Arizona at home more than on the road, but you are guaranteed that ninth inning when they're on the road, so that's always nice. Um, I mean, overall, outside of like Martin Carroll, the stack is pretty doable price-wise. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cheap options. Like uh, Carroll is definitely a guy you want in there if you're stacking him up, I think. Uh, Marte and his second base eligibility is very nice as well. Um, but guys like, like Pavin Smith has been leading off quite a bit. Um, he's 3,600. McCarthy is likely in there at 3,300. Rojas at 4K. Perdomo at 3,900. Um, they have played with the order a little bit. Like Smith will lead off sometimes. Other times it's Perdomo. Um, so just kind of depending on the order is how I figure out who I'm going to end up using. Um, but Carroll is certainly a guy I want in there. And then I think you go cheap with either either the outfielders or Perdomo. Yeah, Pavin Smith, um, his price has come up a little bit, 3,600. He's someone that I definitely don't mind in this spot. And then McCarthy, um, his stolen base upside is just legit at this point. So, you know, you get some of these cheap guys. McCarthy gets on base, he's going to run. Washington side of this game, um, I need Thomas, 4,400 is someone that I don't mind here. Ruiz at catcher, 3,600. Uh, Garrett at 3,100. Rivera, oh, that's the other side, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, overall Washington, probably like a secondary type of stack for me, but I don't mind them in this spot against, um, a low strikeout pitcher. Yeah, I can get on board with a mini stack of them. Um, Thomas has been really good against lefties. Manessis, I don't know what happened to this guy's power. Like he looked like a legitimate power guy last year, just two home runs this season. Um, he's cheap at 3,700. I just don't know if he has the power that we thought he was going to have. Um, Cheap-ish catcher and Ruiz. Um, th- the three-man is is what I'd be looking at here. All right, Oakland at Pittsburgh. Eight and a half total in this game. The Pirates a 230 favorite. Caprillion against Keller. Any interest in James Caprillion here? No, I don't think so. Um, again, a really cheap price tag. Just not enough strikeout upside. He's He's been at 20.9%. Too many walks for him, too, though. He's over 12% on, on the walks. Pittsburgh, not really that scary of a matchup, but just I don't think that the upside is there on, on this slate. You, you need two big scores from pitching, um, certainly not considering it on a one-pitcher site like FanDuel. If you're going cheap here, I think there's another name in this 5K range that we're going to get to who's been better his last couple times out. Don't think you need Caprillion today. Yeah, I think his problem, too, is like he's just not able to get left-handed hitters out and Pittsburgh can go very left-handed heavy. Um, so they, from time to time, they'll take Hayes and McCutcheon even out of the lineup and hit seven or eight lefties sometimes. So I think this is a bad spot for him overall. Good ballpark, but I think this is a spot we want to um, just kind of stay away from. Going to the other side of this game, Mitch Keller, probably SP1 today. This is a good matchup for him going up against Oakland. He's shown some big upside at times this year. He's had a couple tough matches, tough matchups the last few times out, but still sitting at 30% Ks. 
We'd like to see a swinging strike rate come up. Um, I, I do think there's some regression coming to the strikeouts unless the swinging strike rate comes up a little bit, but he's been fantastic. He's a guy that use, you know, relies a lot on a cutter and sinker. So he doesn't typically get blown up. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to love Mitch Keller against Oakland today. Yeah. Fantastic spot for him. He's been awesome this season. We've kind of been waiting on it. He's been a big prospect for a while that it felt like was going to be another guy that Pittsburgh gave up on and, and he went and had success somewhere else. Um, but luckily it looks like he's figured it out here while he's still with Pittsburgh. Um, awesome matchup here against Oakland. He's really figured out the walks too. That's That was a problem for him the last couple of years. Um, yeah, top pitcher on the slate. Like there's, there's some really good ones up here at, at the top, but considering matchup, Keller's number one. Yeah, don't forget. Pirates are number one team right now in that division. Watch out. Yep. Um, I mean, they're not playing bad. That's what's crazy. Like Andrew McCutcheon was the missing piece. All jokes aside, uh, any interest here in the Oakland bats? No, Keller's like, I, I believe like he had, he was a first round pick and he's got a big fastball. Um, like he's just been really good this year. Oakland is, is not great. No interest in Oakland for me. If anybody it would be Ruiz um, for Oakland just because of his stolen base upside, Keller has struggled with that in the past. Um, I don't I don't think it's been as much of an issue this year as it has been in the past. He's just he's kind of just put his whole game together. Maybe he was a guy that benefited from the pitch clock, um, just pitching more efficiently and not like thinking about it as much. But yeah, I he's think been that great. that cutter is new too this year uh, for Keller, which is which has really yeah. helped him against lefties quite a bit. Yeah, really relying on the cutter against lefties, still throwing the sinker a ton um, against righties. So, honestly, you look at his advanced stats, and he just needs to scrap the changeup. It's terrible. Um, Pittsburgh bats here. I mean, anytime you get a team against Oakland, you have to have interest. They are, like, no joke, teetering on, like, historically bad numbers for bullpen. Um, This is one of the best – one of the worst bullpens we've ever seen. Pittsburgh, the prices are interesting. Um, Swazinski at 3K would probably be my favorite hitter from Pittsburgh here just because of like what he opens up price-wise. What are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh bets? Yeah, I definitely have some interest. Uh, Reynolds is an awesome hitter. I like It's tough paying 5K on a team that you don't think of as having a ton of up- upside, but Reynolds does have that upside. He would be my favorite, obviously. Um, and it, he's pretty easy to fit in when you use some of these cheaper guys as well. Sawinski is a great call. Um, Castro at 3,600. He's better against lefties, but I, I don't mind him in this spot if he's in the lineup. Um, Bay is a guy with some speed upside as well. Um, fills the second base position. Um, Marcano is a guy who's been cracking the lineup. He's yes. he's still near minimum yes. price. Great Another call. speed speed guy. Um, so yeah, you, you fit Reynolds in and then I probably just stick to three of them. Um, more of a mini stack just because I'm, I'm worried about the upside, but Reynolds is easy to fit in. If you go with like Sawinski and Bay or Marcano. Yeah. They've really been playing like matchups with Castro and Marcano. Um, Marcano has been getting the start against righties and Castro has been getting started against lefties. Um, so I love that call 2100 comes into this game with a 233 ISO 360 Woba and a 13 and a half percent K rate against a guy that can't get left-handed hitters out. So love that call. Um, I think he's actually like one of the best value plays on the slate overall. Um, love the price, especially tag. if he's like, back up in that in that leadoff spot. Then definitely. Oh yeah, 
I mean, I like the little three-man here. Swazinski, Marcano, and Reynolds. Um, you use two outfield spots, so it would have to be a team that you're – like a stack you're targeting more of like the middle infielders on a team. But, I mean, that opens up – it definitely opens up Keller. Um, we'll talk about, you know, Brown and Gaussman and these guys when we get there, but it definitely opens up Keller if you are like me and you have Keller ranked number one today. Um, it's going to free that up. All right, let's get into one of these pitching games. We got Houston at Toronto, eight and a half total in this game. Blue Jays a one forty favorite. We got Brown against Gaussman. Hunter Brown really kind of disappointed last time out, in my opinion. Um, just didn't like the strikeouts were there, but he just couldn't. It was weird. He couldn't miss bats, but he was missing bats. It was it, it was an interesting start. Um, any interest here in Hunter Brown at ten three going up against Toronto? I always have interest in the strikeout upside. Um, he's a yeah. little bit cheaper than Keller and Gaussman. Um, it's a really tough matchup too uh, against Toronto. So I think the ownership number is low here. Um, like the strikeout upside is just something that, that you have to chase. It's not a good spot for him, uh, but he can go out and strike out at 10 in, in any matchup. I think at this point, um, a lot of high, it's a high risk spot for sure against Toronto. Um, but they're very right-handed. I think Hunter Brown has some some really good strikeout upside, even though it's a tough matchup against Toronto. Yeah, I mean, the upside is definitely what you're targeting. They also have one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball against right-handed pitching this season, so um, you're always worried about that. This lineup, um, just a, a really low strikeout team. His, I mean, he has strikeout ability to both sides of the plate, so like, that doesn't concern me here. Um, he's a three-pitch guy, fastball, slider, curveball type of guy. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I typically play three entries. I don't think that I get to Hunter Brown today um, on a three-entry max, but like if I was playing even a 20-entry max, he would be in my player pool today. Gaussman on the other side. Dude, how bad is Alec Manoa? Um, oh, man. <laughs> didn't even make it out of the first inning against the Astros on Monday. Um, Houston was one of my favorite stacks. Talked about them a lot in the expert survey and on the podcast. Just too. Man, Alec Manoa needs to get sent down and kind of figure this out because what he's doing in the bigs, it's just not working right now. So I think you don't want to, but I think you have to send that guy down right now and like let him try to get right uh, because something's not clicking. But anyway, Gaussman, 11K. Up against Houston, I think people might be scared off of Gaussman, especially after what Manoa did on Monday. Houston definitely has more strikeouts in this lineup this season than they did last year. Altuve is banged up. Um, he'll either be in the lineup or not. Gaussman's expensive, but dude, honestly, like if he's going to be one of these lower owned guys, I really like the tournament upside. Yeah, I mean, Keller having the better matchup, I think, puts him as the higher-owned pitcher here. And Gaussman, you can make an argument he has been the absolute best pitcher in baseball this season. Um, like, the strikeouts are there. He doesn't doesn't walk anybody. 32.9% strikeouts, 5.9% walks. Dude has just been incredible. His swinging strike rate is, like, top three. I don't have that right in front of me, but I know he's, he's way up there as far as swinging strikes go you just have to kind of throw out matchups with guys like this. Um, he's in like the, the Strider and Otani conversation where they're playable anytime that they're throwing baseballs on, on a given slate. Um, 11,000 is a big ask, especially against a really good offense like Houston. 
but if if that comes with an ownership discount, I'm I'm all about it. I love Gaussman in tournaments today. Yeah, just I mean, like you said, kind of just pitching insane. Um, his his chase rate last year was like top one percent. It's top five percent this year. He's just generating so many swinging strikes, top ten percentile, um, and strikeouts. Like just yeah, um, he looks great and. The velocity is down a tick, but I mean, the off speed stuff is just, it's so good this year. Um, so Gaussman, he's just like in that conversation of like you mentioned, just insane. Um, yeah, looks really good. All right, bats in this one, Houston side. Houston, I mean, again, uh, one of my favorite stacks on Monday, but I just, I'm not paying these prices for Houston against Gaussman. Yeah, me either. Um, they're big 12-game slate. No, no reason to try to pick on, on one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, I mean, a, a one-off power bat or two on either side of this game. I, I think, you know, these offenses have that upside, but I'm not stacking either side of this game. Yep, me either. Um, like, I'd be more apt to stack Toronto just because Brown can have some control issues, um, but I, I don't think I need to do it on the slate. All right, we got Boston at Cleveland. Seven and a half total in this one. The Guardians, a 136 favorite. We got Paxton and Bieber facing off against each other. Let's start here with James Paxton. Any interest in Paxton going up against Cleveland? I do. Um, You get a discount down from the top range. He's 8,600. And we had questions about the strikeout. Like, we're like, when he first burst onto the scene, his first start of the season, we're like, wow, are the strikeouts really back? I think he's proven at this point that the strikeouts are indeed back. Cleveland is not a team that strikes out a lot. um, So there's a little bit of a downside there, but they're not a good offense either. I think Paxton can have quite a bit of success here at 8,600. He doesn't need to strike out 10 to be useful. Uh, You use him as an SP two paired with uh, we're paired with a Keller, a Gaussman. And I think that's a recipe to win a tournament. um, If you can get six or seven strikeouts out of Paxton, even in the spot, I think he can go fairly deep just because of the struggles that Cleveland has had on offense. There's there's not a ton of power there that that scares me. I'm going to keep saying I think Cleveland's the worst offense in baseball. I think they're worse than Oakland and Colorado. So, just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, outside of Ramirez, this lineup yeah, is just not, not good. Pretty. And, like, Ramirez's power numbers, I think he has, like, five or six home runs on the season. Like, his power numbers are way down this year. So, Jose Ramirez is a fantastic baseball player, but I mean, Rosario's banged up right now. I just, yeah, I like Paxson as well. Um, maybe this is a spot that like, he just doesn't go out and give up a home run or two. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I will say my socks have been terrible lately, man. Getting out uh, of Fenway, it helps that um, going into Cleveland. Yeah. It's definitely a better uh, pitcher's park than Boston. Shane Bieber, 9,600. I don't get the price tag. I get the Red Sox. They've been struggling big time here recently. I I can't do the price for Bieber. Um, I just, the Red Sox, even in their struggles, their strikeout stuff is still well above league average. I, I just, I can't do 9,600 for Bieber on DraftKings today. Yeah, I can't either. The strikeouts have, have pretty much disappeared. Boston has been a really low strikeout team. Um, Bieber under 17% on the season. That's not somebody I want to pay 9,600 for. I think if like, there's two guys in the seven K range that we'll talk about, if he was priced next to them, I think it would be a conversation, 
about who you want to play. Um, just way overpriced for his, his upside in this matchup. Yeah, I was quickly looking. Um, I don't see any props up yet. I might be under on Bieber's strikeout prop today. Um, it, yeah, if it comes I, I in like at that. like five and a half. Like, yep, I'd be under five and a half. Yep. So I think that four and a half, I probably don't bet it. But if it's five and a half, I'll take the under um, yep. on Bieber today. All right, bats here. Uh, listen, I respect Bieber. I could play Yoshida or Devers. Um, Verdugo, his price is getting a little bit too high. Duran, I think, is okay at 3,800, but he's kind of slowed down. The whole Red Sox offense is slowed down. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Red Sox bats? Yeah, really no interest for me. Um, it's just Bieber's strikeout stuff that uh, he's still a really good pitcher. He's just not missing as many bats. The control is still phenomenal. Um, I don't have any interest in Boston. Cleveland side, who do you play? Like that's just <laughs> that's the problem, right? Like they are like the, their second best hitter is probably Jimenez. It's lefty lefty. I don't think I want to mess with that. Just this is the reason that like we have interest in Paxson. Um, if you want to target a under three K catcher, you could take Zanino, who has power. Um I, I just I'm not touching Cleveland today. Yeah, just one name if he's in the middle of the order again, Gabriel Arias as a as a cheap one off that could hit a home run. That's about the only guy, honestly. Um, I don't want to pay up for Ramirez probably. And I'm definitely not stacking him. All right, let's get this game's fun. All right, we got the Dodgers heading into Cincinnati. Huge ballpark upgrade here. Ten and a half total. Dodgers highest implied team total on the entire slate. Um, I don't think well, it's because we don't have a line out for the Rockies Giants yet, but uh ten and a half total here. Goslin against Weaver. Any interest here in Tony Gonslin? I don't think you need to mess with it on this slate. It's a it's a rough ballpark to pitch in here in Cincinnati. The strikeouts have not been there. He he's always been a guy with a short leash. So his upside has been capped to begin with. And now he's just not striking out near as many as he was last year. He's still been a really good pitcher. I'm not really that scared of the Reds offense, but the ballpark downgrade and the lack of strikeouts, um, I'd probably leave him on the shelf today. Okay. Hear me out, right? That was my initial thought too. But we'll say this. With on Fraley got scratched on Monday and Senzel got scratched on Monday. If they roll out a a non Senzel Fraley lineup, dude, the lineup that they rolled out there on Monday, Cincinnati was one of my favorite stacks coming into the slate against Julio Tehran, and it just got to the point where you're like, I can't stack them anymore because this lineup is just so bad. So I will say, like, if we get that same type of lineup. I, I don't know with Friddle out Fraley out. Like I think he's, he might be a guy that just flies under the radar because of his price and no one's looking at him terrible ballpark, but I could see him putting up 25 plus in the spot. If this lineup is really bad again, um, I think it's a lineup based play that you can't really, you can't really dictate what you want to do with Gonzalez until you see what the Cincinnati lineup looks like. If it's that terrible lineup they ruled out against Julio Tehran, Gonzalez's a much better pitcher than Julio Tehran. So, um, 
I initially, like you said, I had the first initial reaction was I don't want to play this guy. And then I was like, dude, I I went from like wanting to stack them everywhere against Julio Tehran to being like, I can't play this team. So yeah, I think that I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Or wait, not not pass. I think I'm gonna wait to see what the lineup looks like. Um Luke Weaver, other side of this game. <laughs> not doing that. Nope. <laughs> not doing that. Um again, I do think Luke Weaver is talented. It's just the Dodgers are getting a massive ballpark upgrade here. Um yeah, I mean I, I think I'm gonna pass on Luke Weaver today. Any interest? Yeah, yeah, no interest for me. He's a fly ball pitcher in Great American ballpark against the Dodgers. It's I, he's had a home run problem. If he doesn't give up a home, a couple of home runs in the spot, I'll, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Um, love the Dodgers here. They're probably my favorite stack in the slate. Like they're expensive. It's going to be tough to make a full, full on stack work, but everyone's hitting and they're getting a ballpark upgrade. JD Martinez has a, a blast of youth right now. He's been fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a ton of interest in the Dodgers today. Yeah, I do as well. I I think like they're expensive, but they're the they have the most upside on the slate, and that includes Coors. Um, it's like you said, a, a ballpark upgrade for one of the best offenses in baseball. They've destroyed right-handed pitching for the better part of a decade now. Um, they're they're all incredible. I I think there's going to be a way to um, find a cheap pitcher and and fit these guys in, but they they definitely have the most upside of any stack on the slate for me. Cincinnati bats again. I mean, if the lineup looks like it did yesterday, I just I, I have no interest whatsoever. I would have interest in Fraley if he's in the lineup. I think it was like allergies or something with Fraley. Um, I don't think it was, it was like injury. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Listen, for someone that has a wife that has bad allergies from time to time, I get it completely, and it usually doesn't go away in a day. So we'll see if he's in the lineup or not. But, um. I honestly like outside of Fraley, I don't have a ton of interest. Like India, not a ton of power. He's a good contact hitter. Don't hate it, but don't love it here on a 12 game slate. Steer has shown a little bit of power. Don't love him righty righty. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, Fraley, some interest, but overall, not a ton of interest. And that's what like the conversation go back to Gonzalez because I just, there's just not a lot of upside in this lineup right now. Yeah, I mean, Gonsal is a good enough pitcher where I don't think I'm paying these prices for the Reds. If they were a little cheaper, I might take some shots because I love the ballpark. Um, but the guys you want to play are the expensive guys. Like, India's over 5K. McLean and Steer just feel a little overpriced at 4,500 against Gonsal. So um, I don't see myself stacking Reds. Fraley would be my favorite option as well if he's in the lineup, but not a stack that I love. Could talk me into a three-man or two in my in my lineups if uh if freely does play yeah i that's gonna be tough to talk me into that um we're still in the seven like early seven o'clock games it's so wild this slate's wild when you look at it um outside looking in there's so many seven o'clock games east eastern time wise um keith you're gonna be chilling at the end of the night because like (laughs) you're gonna be watching like pre-dinner games (laughs) (laughs) yeah these games are going to be done by the time you get dinner. Um, what an interesting slate, like time wise. So, 
All right, kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium Polaroid sun shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by loss and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair. Or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code RotoGrinders for 50% off two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, we're moving on. We're going to stay in these seven o'clock games. We got a couple more. Mets and Braves. Oh, baby. Um, you get the Mets out of out of City Field, and I always love him. Uh, always. 10 total in this game. Braves are 160 favorite. We got Carrasco and Elder facing off against each other here. Carlos Carrasco has pitched really well the last two times out. Carlos Carrasco is going to get absolutely shellacked today. Um, <laughs> don't play Carlos Carrasco. Okay. So hear me nope. out. Nope. No, nope. if you want to, pay, I'm not listening. If you want to blah, play blah, Dodgers, <laughs> if you want to play Dodgers and one of the elite pitchers, he is fifty nine hundred dollars. He is a much better pitcher than fifty nine hundred dollars. If we wouldn't have seen the last two starts out of him, I would completely agree. He's not right. You can't do it because he seems to have turned. The K's are still not there. I, he's still fallen off quite a bit from his prime. Don't get me wrong. The Braves are an absolutely elite offense. He gets the massive ballpark downgrade. I completely hear what you're saying, but of the pitcher 6K and below, he's the guy I would choose. You only do it to spend all of your salary on Dodgers and elite pitching. Um, but that's that's about the only way you can make it work. So I'm, I'm not necessarily endorsing playing Carrasco, but I do think he gives you a, a unique lineup build that is very interesting. Sure. <laughs> no, okay. So, I can tell. No, no, okay. At the end of the day, I respect what you say because we've been working together and I respect what you have to say. And I understand what you're saying. If you look under 6K, the options are atrocious. Um, and I hear you on that. Like, I'm probably finding a little bit extra money to play, like, take a shot on, like, a Schmidt or a Gonzalez, Freddie Peralta. Uh, we talked about some of those cheap bats in Pittsburgh. There's a couple other teams that have some cheap bats as well. I think that's where I go over Carrasco. I, I, dude, I love the Braves today, so maybe that's just bias to Atlanta, but no interest for me in Carrasco. I respect you. I hear you. Uh, Bryce Elder, he's had some good starts um, to start the year. Kind of fell off here a little bit recently. Remembered that he was Bryce Elder. Um, 9,400. Like, talent is there. Tough matchup against a team that doesn't strike out very often. They put the ball in play. They're getting a huge ballpark upgrade. I don't have any interest in Elder at this price. I don't either. Um, same conversation as Shane Bieber. Just the strikeout. Like, if I'm paying 9400 I want upside for 8, 9, 10 strikeouts. I don't think Elder has that, especially in this matchup against the Mets. 
you're giving up too much when you're paying that price tag for someone. You're giving up too much for them not to go out and have a bunch of strikeouts. So yep. that's my biggest issue. Uh, Mets, Bats, any interest here in New York? Some because of the ballpark upgrade. They're also pretty cheap outside of Pete Alonso. Um, Lindor at 4700 is priced probably about where he should be. Nimmo, 4300 I I can pay that for Nimmo. Elder has been really good this year, and the Mets have struggled a little bit, but you get them out of that that just huge pitcher's park um, in New York and down into Atlanta, and all of a sudden I think they have some upside. I respect Elder enough they're not going to be a primary target, but I'm okay with some of this the pricing on these Mets here. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mets are one of those like secondary stacks that make a lot of sense. Um, any like again, anytime they get outside of City Field, I have interest in them. Batty, Beatty is still cheap at thirty two hundred. McNeil at thirty five hundred. These guys, they they they're so the ballpark that they play in is just so tough um, that anytime you get them on the road, their numbers are going to go up. Lindor, Alonso. The dude has 21 home runs, um, and nine of those have been in City Field. If he's playing in any other ballpark this year, he's probably sitting at 24, 25 home runs. Um, he's having a year. So, nope. um, Braves, I, I love the Braves stack today. I, I think they're a fantastic stack. They're a team that I have a ton of interest in. We're trying to get off course. There's two really bad pitchers in course today. Really bad pitchers in course today. So we're trying to get off course. I think the Dodgers and Braves are two of my favorite team to pivot off of course. What are your thoughts on the Braves today? Yeah, I mean, I I said you could play Carrasco, but that's strictly a price thing. I'm definitely I far prefer the the Braves side of this. Um, you and I have been talking about how good of an offense they are all season long. Um, love this spot. Like Carrasco, I, I think he's an, about an average pitcher. Um, that's not going to work very well against a, a, an elite Braves offense most of the time. So totally on board with the full stack of, of the Braves. It's just a, it's an excellent spot for Atlanta. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough for me not to have a lot of interest here in the Braves. All right. Baltimore at Milwaukee. I think this is one of the most interesting games on the entire slate today. Um, eight and a half total. The Brewers are one thirty favorite Gibson and Peralta going up against each other. Kyle Gibson. He's had some good starts in tough matchups. He gets a, Milwaukee team that definitely strikes out um, middle of the road to bottom end offense against right-handed pitching. Like I, I really think he's playable today. You know, you were talking about Carrasco and, you know, I think that I think both pitchers in this game have upside and they definitely both have downside. Um, I don't want to sit here and say they don't, but I think Kyle Gibson is someone when he's pitching well, they give him 95 plus pitches which can equate to seven really good quality innings if he's pitching well and 20 to 25 fantasy points. We we saw him have a ceiling game against Detroit. I think he put up like 30-something fantasy points. I don't think that's likely here. I like him to go like 20-plus, and, you know, we're we're like seven or eight games through this slate now, and it's like, all right, pitching eh, a little bit of eh today. I think Gibson is just playable in tournaments. I don't disagree. I think he's playable. I think that I try to find like I I think I would play Gonsolin ahead of Gibson. I definitely would I would play. too. I would too. I, okay. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see myself getting to Gibson. I like Peralta a lot better on the other side. The guy in the last game of the night is in the same price range, and I, w- I would much r- much rather play him as well. Um, Gibson just doesn't have the strikeout upside that I think Peralta and Musgrove, who, who we're going to get to, have on this slate. Um, so I, I think I, I leave Gibson on the shelf. I, I'm not afraid of Milwaukee, but they, they are a, a lot better against righties than they are against lefties. Um, and it's just the lack of strikeouts for Gibson is, is what's given me pause. No, I completely understand it. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I'm just saying, like, if we're in this mid-tier range for an SP2, um, I think he's playable today is all I was kind of getting at. Um, yep. But I agree with you. Um, there, There's still some guys we're going to talk about. Yes, this is a flying squirrel set. Um, I was finally starting to go through my boxes of my office renovation and i've been uh, messing around and finding my minor league baseball hats so they'll they're, a, they're a coming. nice collection a nice collection of minor league I hats do. <laughs> i do um if anybody doesn't know that about me i i love minor league baseball hats but i went to buy one not to get sidetracked but i went to buy one yesterday uh the tortugas had a really cool like pink and like green one that i really liked and to my shipped from 20 minutes from my house to, to my house, it was like $48. Like, all right, I hope they have it at a game because I'm not paying $50 for a hat. <laughs> um, stubborn. I'm so stubborn when it comes to that stuff, but I can't like I can't justify $50 for a for a hat. Anyway, Freddie Peralta, other side of this game. I mean, this is a guy that has really been struggling here recently, but you look at the matchups: Toronto, San Francisco, Tampa, St. Louis, the Dodgers, like. This dude has not had an easy matchup um, in over a month. I think this is a spot, not saying Baltimore is by far by not an easy matchup by any means, but I think this is just a spot where you're like, maybe he can put it together and, and have a big game here. Yeah, I'm interested. It's been a rough go for him, but you just read through. I mean, those are some of the best offenses in baseball. Baltimore is not an easy matchup at all. They're, they don't strike out a ton, but Peralta, when he's on, has really good strikeout stuff. Um, the other thing is his recent struggles are baked into the price here. He's a 9K pitcher when he's right. I don't love the matchup. Baltimore's not a high strikeout team, but Peralta is a better pitcher than 7,700. So very much in play. Um, I think he he's a perfect price for an SP2 on this slate. Uh, Musgrove is the other guy I really like in this range as well. So I'll play the ownership game with those two guys a little bit, whichever one looks to be more popular. I'll probably go overweight on the other. Um, But Peralta is very much in the conversation for me today. All right, Baltimore Bats. I think they're a stack or fade team. I think that you're stacking, hoping that, you know, Peralta might just continue to struggle. His advanced numbers look good. He's been better against lefties than he has against righties this year. A little bit of a reverse splits um, pitcher, but... I mean, this is a guy that has over a 12% swinging strike rate. He has the stuff. He's just had tough matchups. Tough matchup after tough matchup after tough matchup. I can't speak. Um, I think if I'm playing Baltimore, it's a stack for me. Yeah, I agree. He's a guy who can have control issues, and that's something that that we always like to target. Um, Pricing on Baltimore, like with Mullins out of the lineup, that's the other thing we didn't mention when talking about Peralta. Mullins out of the lineup really weakens this lineup. Like Henderson's he's, he's, banged up right now too. Yeah, if he, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like the more we talk about it, I, I was probably leaning Musgrove going into this, but just breaking this down, looking through this Baltimore lineup, I'm I'm 
I'm even more interested in Peralta, and I was already pretty interested. Um, playing against him, it's I don't think I find the full stack here. I like Austin Hayes and at his price of 3,800. Rutschman is one of the best catchers in baseball. You can always play him. I don't like a lot else beyond that. Like, there's no chance I'm playing Aaron Hicks against Freddie Peralta. Um, Frazier just doesn't have enough upside for me. And then, like, Mountcastle's priced appropriately. Santander, Mateo, like, I don't mind Mateo. I can get there at 4,300, even if he's buried in the lineup. So maybe it's a, like, if Rutschman's in the down the order and then Mateo and Hayes, maybe a little three man. But definitely not one of my favorite stacks. It's it's probably not anything more than a mini stack for me. Milwaukee side here against Gibson. I think Tellus is is playable. Um, I don't I don't think I want to stack against Gibson here. It's just more of like maybe a three man stack for Milwaukee today. And honestly, I don't even love that. I I could see using some pieces here. But one of the reasons that I have interest in Gibson is the Milwaukee lineup is just another lineup that's just not great and. Gibson has allowed one home run over the last five starts and only one time this season has he allowed one or a multi home run game. So not even typically a guy I like to stack against um, in general. So, and the Baltimore bullpen has been like a top five bullpen this year. So I I just don't have a ton of interest in Milwaukee today. Yeah, I don't really either. And it's as much the pricing as it is Gibson. Um, I don't mind stacking against Gibson. I think he's a, an average to slightly above average major league pitcher, but Yelich is priced up. Tellez is priced up and there's just not a lot else in the lineup outside of those guys, especially with Adamas on the IL. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think I, I find a stack here uh, because the two guys I want to play are 4,900 and 4,700. St. Louis at Texas, nine and a half total in this one, one, 50 total we got Libertor going up against Dane Dunning any interest here in Libertor going up against Texas I was really excited for Libertor after what he was doing in AAA this year um but what they have done to him since he's been called up I just I don't understand what's going on um he has not pitched since May 26 is that right it's 10 days mm-hmm he didn't go on the IL that I'm aware of, right? He just I no. They just why. went from a six man rotation to a five man rotation, and so they just completely skipped him and didn't let yep. him pitch for ten days. Like that is that's why they're pitching Adam um, Wainwright. Yeah, got it. Got to get forty one year old Adam Wainwright his innings. I don't, not the right matchup. Um, Texas is a lead against lefties. I think Libertor is a good pitcher. I don't. I don't think he has any kind of a leash. Um, I'm sure he's been throwing on the side over the past ten days. But I'd be really concerned about pitch count in this spot, and I'm really concerned about Texas on the other side being a, a way better offense than any of us thought coming into this season. So I like Libertor as a prospect. I'm going to be playing a ton of him down the stretch, I'm sure, this year once uh, St. Louis wisens up and finally just puts him in the rotation permanently. But today is not the day. Yeah, maybe better than you thought. I love Texas coming into the year. Um, didn't think they would be this good. Let's be honest. They've they've been a <laughs> I mean, top three top, offense. Like, yes, against both sides of the plate. Like both, it's yep. just they're they're phenomenal this year. So yeah, no interest for me in Libertor today. Dane Dunning, um, not the rant, but played him last time out against Detroit. He had 19 fantasy points. They let him come back out in the sixth inning. He gave up two singles. They let him come back out at like 90, 91 pitches or something. I was sitting there pulling my hair out. Usually, like, you want the ceiling. You want the guy to come back out, and you're like, dude, just give me my 19 points from Dane Dunning, and I'm so happy. 
gave up two singles reliever comes in gives up the two runs he goes from 19 to like 12 and that's the worst anyway but like, Dane Dunning's when, yeah just when you when you're happy with the score and they bring him back out there and you know he's tired like that is just the worst feeling in the world and then they take him out and, the, and you just know the bullpen's gonna give him up like what are you doing anyway um he's been pitching great this year he's he's done a great job limiting power I just don't think this is the right slate for him. Um, tough matchup against St. Louis. They have been struggling. This offense just in general has been struggling. I don't think this is the spot I played Dane Dunning with some other options in this range. Uh, but he's done a great job this year limiting power. Um, uh, again, like he gave up singles. He didn't give up home runs. Uh, do you want to guess how many home runs he's given up this year? I'll go one. Zero. Nice. Zero really runs good. in 48 innings. Yeah. So, done a great job limiting power. Uh, I just don't think this is the spot you want to play Dane Dunning. I agree. St. Louis is, is a really good offense. Despite recent struggles, they're going to get it figured out. There's just too much talent um, with the St. Louis bats. I respect Dane Dunning. I like It's, it's strikeout upside, and it's a tough matchup against St. Louis. Um, don't think I need him on the slate. I don't think you need to stack St. Louis today. Uh, just like you look at the prices on the Cardinals, they're in that range of like Dodgers Braves. And I think the Dodgers and Braves have so much more ceiling. Like we just got done talking about Dane Dunning's allowed zero home runs this year. He's done a great job limiting power. His ISO is under 50 this year. So 50, like zero five zero um, <laughs> ISO this year. It's fantastic. So, I think this is a spot I might put the Cardinals on the shelf. If you're playing like 150 lineups, I think you have a stack of or two or three of them. But if you're playing like me, you're playing like single entry, three entry type stuff. I don't think this is a spot you play them today. So I'm in complete agreement about like a premium stack, like Goldschmidt, Arenado, Gorman. I'm not interested in any of those guys, but they are going to have some really cheap options. If you want to pair a couple of these cheaper guys, like they just called up Luke and Baker. He's 2,500. Big time power prospect, Jordan Walker. Big time prospect. He's three K. Uh, Burleson, if he cracks the lineup, twenty six hundred. Donovan, thirty two hundred. You can find a pretty cheap three man here that has more upside than typical twenty five hundred dollar hitters would. Um, so I like just because Yepes is another guy who has big power, who's twenty three hundred. Like they have big power bats who are really cheap here. Um, but yeah, not a full stack for me. A couple value bats. I think you can play though. Um, other side of this game, Texas. See, I, I like the Texas stack way more than I like the Cardinals stack today. Um, they might be like that stack that you pivot off of cores and the Dodgers and Braves. Um, again, they've been a top three offense this season. Mitch Garver back in the lineup at catcher at 4,300 today against the lefty. He's been hitting ever since he came back. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like this spot a lot for tech. Garver is going to be a huge, like this, the Texas team, man, they're getting healthy. They're going to be a really tough team to beat down the stretch. Um, Garcia young has been fantastic this season against left-handed pitching. If Duran is in there, he's been great against left-handed pitching this year. So a, a really good spot today for Texas. Yeah, I to completely agree with you. They are really expensive, uh, but like you said, that's going to leave them completely unowned on this slate, I think. Um, like people paying up are going to go Dodgers first. A, a ton of people are going to be going to Coors, but they, they have elite upside in the spot. Libertor, I'm not sure how what the leash is going to look like. 
but yeah, great, great spot for Texas. Um, Haim, just a guy you didn't mention that I has been really good against lefties yep. as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I'll, I'll be full stacking them for sure. All right. We're rolling. We're rolling. Now we get into St. Louis or not St. Louis, San Francisco in Colorado. No total in this game. It's more of because we were waiting for like what the Giants are going to do, but it sounds like it's going to be Manaya pitching long relief today against Colorado. Lamette starting for Colorado. Um, I'm not touching this long relief situation for the Giants today. You can't do it. Manaya is really cheap, but sometimes he goes four innings when he comes on in long relief. Sometimes he throws one. So you just you can't trust that he has any kind of a leash. He's in Coors Field. He's had strikeout upside this year, but you can't do it not knowing how many innings or how many pitches you're getting out of him. So Nelson Lamette on the other side is one of the worst pitchers in baseball in cores against a team that smashes right-handed pitching. Um, don't play him today. Correct. Okay. Um, <laughs> not going to try to talk you into that one. Yeah, don't overthink it. Even like the Giants are banged up and they're missing some people right now. Don't do it. Uh, don't fall for that trap. Um, yeah. Giants bats. I mean, depending on who's in the lineup, we could get a really, really cheap lineup today for the Giants. Um, yeah, so Jock Peterson's going to be back. He's expected to be activated off of the IL today. He's 4,100. He's one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate. Um, if Yaz is if Yaz is back in there, it was like side tightness. They didn't. He didn't play Sunday. They didn't play Monday. He should be back in the lineup if it's nothing serious. Um, and then Conforto was dealing. I think it was like a heel injury. The Giants are just underpriced for one of the best, if not the best, matchups on the slate. Um, they're they're a top end stack today. It's just, I mean, they're maybe they're not as highly owned today because we do have the Dodgers in a great spot. We do have the Braves in a great spot. Um, maybe, but I mean, people love cores, and this is a this is a core spot that even Chief Justice I think would get on the Giants today because <laughs> the Met is just terrible. Lamette is terrible. The Giants are underpriced. I just I hate stacking the Giants. Um, I'm probably going to end you. up doing it, but it's just like they platoon so much. They pinch hit it a ton. Jock at 4100. That's just a ridiculous price. He's going to be massively owned. Lamont Wade's 4K. Depending on where he's at, if he leads off, he'll be massively owned. Um, Yaz and Conforto, like these lefties, look really really good. Sable is. 4,200 if he's in the lineup it's you just have to look and see what the lineup looks like but it they're they're underpriced for sure Lamette's bad um yeah I don't I don't have much else to say I'm gonna try to pivot away from them as much as I can I think they're gonna be pretty popular um just hope that you end up getting a couple of pinch hits later on in the game and guys don't quite hit their upside um I'll be underweight but it's it's not gonna be a comfortable fade by any means I really like JD Davis righty righty could potentially go like overlooked because it's righty righty. JD Davis hits righties just as well as he hits lefties, and Lamette can't get anybody out. So, um, like JD Davis a lot. We've seen really good things from Casey Schmidt so far. Um, not yeah. as much lately, but he has some talent, and getting a matchup like this could be really good for the confidence. Like, don't be afraid to play some of these right handed hitters against Lamette, um, because they're not likely going to get pinch hit for. Uh, late in the game if they're starting already against a righty so i think 
I, I don't think anybody on the Giants is safe, but I do think J.D. Davis is pretty safe. Um, Wade is pretty safe. They've been leaving him in there um, most of the time. No one's safe. I'm not even going to go on. A, like when you look up, when you pull up the bat and you start looking at like pinch hit risks that Cardi has built in the bat, like it's always the Giants up top. So yeah, they're all they're no all going to have like twenty percent plus hit, pinch hit risk for sure. All right, Rocky's here. Uh, we're going to get a righty opener, and then we're going to get Manaya. We have no idea how long for either one. Um, I hate opener situations. I hate, like, full-on <laughs> bullpen games. Um, Middle-of-the-road bullpen, but still, like, I have interest in, like, Grichik. I, I think, like, Nolan Jones is someone you could take some shots on here because he's cheap. He's been hitting the ball really well. They're going to be lower-owned today. Like the Rockies are going to be lower owned today. So like, if you just want to sell out on a Rocky stack, um, I, I completely understand why you would do it because they're going to be low owned. It's just, you're, I, I hate it because like you mentioned, Manaya might pitch one, he might pitch three. Um, Brivia might pitch one. He might pitch three. Like it, it's just a situation that's so tough. Um, he typically only throws one or two innings to open, but yeah. Um, gosh, I hate this opener stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it just makes it a lot harder to know like who the premium plays are. Like the Rockies are very dependent on like if Mustakas is in there against Brebia to start the game. Well, I don't want to play Mustakas against Manaya, lefty lefty. It's just it's it makes it a lot more difficult to figure out the matchups. Um, I think looking cheap, Nolan. Jo- I love the Nolan Jones call, even if he takes in a bat or two against Manaya. He still has massive upside in cores with two two at bats off of, of of Brebia and then whoever he hits off of ten to close the game. Uh, Doyle is another guy I would put in that conversation because of his speed upside. Um, his price is coming up, but he's got a little bit of power. He's got a ton of speed. He's a guy I could play no matter what. I like the Gritchick call quite a bit too. Um, Elias Diaz has been really good. I, the price is just tough to swallow. Um, but he, he has had a great season. I don't know. Like, I think Colorado is going to be kind of low owned on this slate too. Everybody's going to be playing San Francisco. Um, I'll have a couple Colorado stacks. It's just, it's a tough situation with the opener. All right. We got the Cubbies heading into LA to take on the angels. This game, no total out right now. It sounds like it's going to be Hayden Wazinski pitching for Justin Steele. Um, with him getting hurt. And then on the Angels side, Tyler Anderson pitching against the Cubs. We'll start here with Wazinski. Talented dude. We just haven't seen it translate yet. Um, tough matchup against the Angels top half of the lineup. What are your thoughts here on Hayden Wazinski? Yeah, I, I don't think I can do it. Um, I, like you said, really talented guy. Awesome slider. He just from what I've I've watched every single pitch he's thrown this this year. I'm a huge Cubs fan. I watch every Cubs game. He has no idea where his fastball is going. Has been the the problem. When I saw his walk rate was only 6% this year, I was absolutely shocked because at times it just like he looks like he has no idea where the ball is going. He looked better in his last outing out of the bullpen. They you said the Justin Steele injury um has forced him back into the rotation. I think they were planning on using him as like a multi-inning reliever, um, but the, the injuries have pushed him back into the rotation. I need to see what he looks like coming back, starting again. Um, 
if the command is fixed, he's too cheap, even even in a tough matchup. But I'm just not quite convinced that he is. Yeah, um, man, he's struggling with walks in AAA too. Like it's not just like major league stuff. He's just struggling to find that command so far. Um, yeah, the bottom half of this lineup is really interesting for him, but I, I just don't think I could do it. If I was going to take shots on guys under 7K, maybe he'd make the list. Um, I mean, he, he still has been really good against righties. He just can't get lefties out. So, Carlos I mean, Carrasco or Hayden Wisniewski? <laughs> I would play Wisniewski um, in that. <laughs> right. I, I just, again, like I'm just not on Carrasco. I, I just, <laughs> just saying. Um, and I, I think, okay, hear me out, but I think he's going to be pitching with a lead too because uh, the other side of this game, Mr. Tyler Anderson is not, he's no bueno. He's not good. He is not good. Um, doesn't strike anybody out. He's walking too many guys this, this season. Um, he has a 606 XFIP. It's just been a really rough go for Tyler Anderson. I hope the Cubs fly under the radar on this slate because I, I love them. Yeah. I I mean, after Blake Snell just absolutely dominated them on Monday night. Um, gosh, so tilting. (laughs) I hate when, listen, I love when Blake Snell does this because next time he goes out, he's going to be so massively chalky again. Um, I I watched before we jump on, jumped on the podcast, obviously Blake Snell was getting, I'm I'm not exaggerating at least six to eight inches off the outside corner. He had like three called strike uh, strikeout lookings in the first couple of innings. David Ross ended up getting tossed the manager because the strike zone for Blake Snell was just massive. Um, I know like he dominated the entire game. I'm not taking that away from him. The Cubs have plenty of strikeouts, and that's part of why I love them today and, and wasn't really on them against Blake Snell is because when they when they struggle, it's the strikeouts. Tyler Anderson isn't striking anybody out. I just I laughed to myself really quick because I was like, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, who was umpiring? Phil Cuzzy was umpiring, baby. <laughs> yeah. Always can count on Phil Cuzzy to give a ball or two outside. Um, yep. It was bad, real bad. All right, let's talk bats here. I like the Cubs bats. I like them against Snell. It didn't obviously work out, but Wisdom, Jan Gomes, Swanson, uh, Morell. These guys have been really good against left-handed pitching this season. Suzuki, he doesn't have the power, but he's a guy that's going to get on base. Horner's a guy that's going to get on base. Uh, Cubs, maybe a low-owned stack that people aren't playing today. Maybe a secondary stack to a chalky stack that you could play them with. Pricing on the Cubs is tricky. I mean, Wisdom would be my favorite at 4K. I like Suzuki at 4,400. And then Jan Gomes at 3,100 is one of my favorite yeah, catcher, baby. like, punt plays today. Yeah, the Cubs, honestly, like, because they're expensive, I'm pretty confident they're going to be low-owned. But there are some value bats here. Wisdom is is a guy that might pick up some ownership. But nobody's playing Horner at 5,200. Nobody's playing Morel at 4,900, especially if he's in the bottom third of the order like he's been. Um Suzuki has been like crushing the ball lately, like exit velocities and things like that look really good for Suzuki. I think there's more power coming there. Um, love the Jan Gomes call. Jan Gomes has been incredible against left-handed pitching. And Miguel Amaya is like, he had a big game a couple over the weekend. He was formerly a top 100 prospect. He dealt with injuries for two or three years and fell off of lists. Um, but this is a, a, a very solid prospect who's kind of been off the radar for a couple of years. He's 2,300. They've been playing Gomes and Amaya in the lineup together. Uh, Amaya's been doing a lot of DHing. 
Um, so I love both of the cheap catchers. Um, yeah, the Cubs are one of my favorites to stacks on the entire slate, and it's not just because I'm a Cubs fan. I'm not a Cubs fan, and I like him today. I love stack against Anderson. He's bad. Um, yep. He's not a guy that's typically going to give up a ton of home runs, but he loves to give up, you know, three-plus runs a game. So this is a guy that gets a oh – man, he gives up so many fly balls too and get some of these guys with this power like Wisdom and Gomes. Like, it's crazy. We're talking about Jan's Gomes power, but it's there. Uh, Angels bats, I mean, outside of Otani and Trout, they're not overly expensive. This guy can have command issues. These are the types of pitchers we like to stack against. It's just, do they have the upside um, as some of the other teams, I think is the biggest question mark here when when you're looking at it. Because it's so, I mean, you could say, hey, I'm going to take Otani and Trout, but like, what are you stacking with that with these prices? Yeah, I wish the Angels were a little more left-handed because I would be very, very interested in the stack if they had more lefties. Otani is one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate. Uh, Mickey Moniak, if he's leading off, is a fantastic play. But there's not, like, I think Wesneski's going to dominate righties in his career. Unless he figures out a better changeup or a cutter or something like that, he's really going to struggle with lefties. Um, but that that slider is elite to righties. Um He's just he struggles with lefties. So Otani and Moniak are awesome plays. I think you can always play Trout. Obviously, I just I don't know if I get to the full stack because there's just there's not a lot of lefty bats to like in this lineup. Um, if Face is catching, I can get behind that. He's got a little bit of pop. He's been hitting okay this year. Um, I'm, I'll probably try to find a full stack here just in case Wisniewski has another really rough outing. The the middle of that Cubs bullpen is pretty shaky as well. So I like the Angels. Um, Definitely is a mini stack, potentially is a full stack also. We finish it out with Seattle at San Diego, seven and a half total in this game. Padres are 142 favorite. Gilbert and Musgrove facing off against each other. I have interest in Gilbert. I really wish he was a little cheaper. Um, but again, I, I know I keep saying this, but the San Diego Padres lineup does not scare me. It, it just doesn't. Um they should have smashed Kyle Hendricks. And again, they just, they continue to struggle. So looking at the top end pitchers, like maybe Gilbert flies under the radar here because of the matchup. And I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. I just, I love Logan Gilbert as a pitcher. I played so much of him against the Yankees. I really like that spot for him. And he, he, he burned me bad. So it's going to be tough to get back on board, but he has been so good this year. Um, just a disappointing outing against the Yankees last time out. I'm kind of with you. Like the Padres have a ton of talent, but they just have not put it together. Um, Gilbert's been outstanding, 28.7% strikeout rate. He doesn't walk anybody, an elite 4.3% walk rate. He's he's probably a little overpriced for the matchup, but San Diego still offers some strikeouts. Um, there's elite pitching on this, this slate. I think he does fly under the radar a little bit. I, I like him. I'm going to be back on board. Not only do they offer strikeouts, man, you look at the lineups they've been rolling out here recently, and they have one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball against random pitching. Like they pick up Sanchez, the 44% K rate since they've signed him here. Uh, Carpenter's at 33%. Kim is at 26.5%. Dixon has been striking out a ton. Machado's been striking out a ton. Like, Really, Juan Soto is like the best contact power hitter on this team. Um, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. And honestly, like, 
I, I like Gilbert a lot. I think that it's going to be tough to play, probably play Keller and Gilbert together, but I think Gilbert is probably my favorite pivot off of Gaussman and Keller today um, on this slate. All right, we talked. We've mentioned this guy's name a couple times today. Joe Musgrove, seventy eight hundred, just consistently pitching okay. Um, I don't mind the spot here against Seattle. This is a team that kind of underperforming. Joe Musgrove, his strikeouts are kind of all over the place, uh, but he's done a great job limiting hard contact this year. What are your thoughts on Musgrove at seventy eight hundred? It's the price for me. I just feel like he's a thousand dollars too cheap. I, it's the leash is the problem. Um, he has barely thrown over 90 pitches. Um, he's thrown 97 in two starts. He has not thrown over 90 pitches in any other start this season. I don't know why they're being so cautious with him. Um, I know he was dealing with an injury to start the season and he, he got a late start, but I really thought they would have built him up. Um, he, in the past, he's been a guy that had a really long leash for whatever reason, they're being extra cautious with him. Um, but it's baked into the price at 7,800. Same conversation with Peralta. He's just, he's a better pitcher than his price tag. Um, I don't need 10 strikes, 10 strikeouts out of him at 7,800. I think he does have upside for that in this matchup. Seattle has struck out a ton. They have the third highest strikeout rate in all of baseball. Um, they're a scary offense. I think there's a lot of talent in the Seattle offense, but like you said, they've been underperforming a little bit and there's a lot of strikeouts here. Uh, I think Musgrove will be a pretty popular um, and, and I'll be keeping an eye on that. Like I said, I'll play the ownership game with him and Peralta a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Musgrove is too cheap for the spot. All right, let's talk bats in this game. Any interest in the Seattle bats? I mean, I don't love it. I, I'm going to be playing a ton of Musgrove more than likely. Um, you can always play Kelnick. Good to see him breaking out. You can always play Julio Rodriguez. Amazing power and speed combination. Not going to be a full stack for me. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of those two guys as one-offs potentially, not a ton that I love here. Yeah, Seattle teams that's been kind of ice cold here recently. Their strikeouts have gone through the roof. They're below average in WRC plus now against Ryan and pitching. And just with Musgrove's, I mean, excellent, excellent hard to soft contact ratio. Um, not a ton of interest for me in Seattle. Mentioned the names that I would have probably mentioned as well. San Diego. I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in the Padres today. Like, if you're stacking them, they're expensive. And I mean, I would pay up for the Braves or Dodgers or Texas or Chicago before I would play pay up for these guys today. Yeah, no interest in San Diego. I know uh, the Yankees got to Gilbert a little bit his last time out, but I believe in the talent. I think he's made some real adjustments this season that have taken him to another level. Um, I'm No way I'm playing paying premium prices for San Diego. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Favorite pitcher under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I'm going Musgrove. We just talked about him. Um, great matchup for strikeouts against Seattle. I like it. I'm going to go Freddie Peralta. I think there's some strikeout upside there, and uh, yeah, I'll hit it. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Give me Lucas Giolito, just a tough park for that the home run problem that he has. Um, hopefully, judges and if Judge is not in the lineup, I might might take that back. Um, but as of, as of right now, as long as Judge is in there, it's it's a tough spot for Giolito. Can I say John Brivia? <laughs> kind of cheating, right? Um, all joking, don't play that guy for what it's worth. Don't. <laughs> yeah. But all joking aside, I, I think this is a spot that I'm just kind of off of Beaver. 
I I don't like Shane Bieber's price. I don't love the matchup against the Sox. He's a guy that's capable of putting up 15, but I don't think he's a guy that's capable of like 25 plus today. Um, Give me Gilbert for sure over him today. All right, over 4K to hit a home run, not in cores. Who do you got going yard today? Give me Max Muncy. Dodgers and Great American should be a good time. Good time indeed. Give me my boy, Matt Olson against Carlos Carrasco. 17 home runs on the season. Everybody was freaking out when Atlanta lost Freddie Freeman, and they're like, hey, we're going to go get this guy. And he has been fantastic. He looked great in spring training. Matt Olson, a really, really good hitter. Um, not Freddie Freeman, but, I mean, a really good hitter. <laughs> you know, I was looking at their numbers, like, just for fun the other day. Freeman gets on base so much more, but Olsen has better power numbers this year. Yep. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap bat that you like today? Give me Jan Gomes. Dude has just been incredible against lefties, especially. He's had a great year overall, but really good against lefties. A, a matchup against a lefty who has had all kinds of problems this year. I'm going to go almost all the way back to the first game we talked about. Give me Marcano at 2,100. I think if you're not paying up at shortstop today for like a Seager or Swanson, Bichette type plays, Lindor, um, going all the way down and just saying, hey, I'm just going to accept the punt is something that I love to do. And I think he's a guy that's capable of getting on base and having a good game here at 2,100. Oakland bullpen terrible. Um, Yeah, give me me Marcano here. He, He can steal bases too. Yes, he can. Love that. Stack for six or more runs today. Who do you got? Sticking with the Cubs. I think it's just a great spot for them. We like they they have fallen off considerably over the past couple of weeks. They still line up really well against left-handed pitching. Uh, and Tyler Anderson just has not shown any skills whatsoever this season. I love this spot for the Cubs. I mean, I'm not gonna take the cheat code and say Dodgers are Braves. Um I like them a lot today. Don't get me wrong. We stay away from cores. I am going to go a little off the board today. I feel like a team that might just kind of get overlooked today, but give me Arizona um, going up against Tom or not going up against Tommy Henry, going up against Irvin. I like Arizona a lot today against Washington. We talked about them way early in the podcast, but love this spot for them today. Keith, we did have um, a question in chat and I haven't even looked at, but they were curious if we like the under four runs in the first five innings for the Minnesota Tampa Bay game uh, today. Mm, it is must be a 640 game. It is. It's Varlin okay. and Eflin facing off against each other in Tampa. Man, that's at first thought I would, I probably wouldn't bet it at first. Yeah. glance. I probably wouldn't bet the under, but I mean, if you're passionate about it and you have reasons why you like it, I'm not going to sit here and talk you off of it, but um at first glance it's not one that i would bet yeah nothing jumping off the page that screams i need to bet that i do like the the ballpark obviously and i i think both pitchers are pretty talented but like four just seems like it's the right number it's not jumping off the page is a great bet and we had longtime listener first time catching morning grind live thanks for hanging out we appreciate it uh thanks for your kind words and um we appreciate it that's gonna get us out of here we're gonna Get out of here. Everyone have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday. Have a good one. We'll see you then.